Welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. My name is Josiah Williams, and here is my challenge for you. As you're listening to the message, I challenge you to remove as many distractions as possible, to write out a few notes and things that stand out to you, and afterwards, share what you've learned on one of your social media outlets. We level up by giving a level 10. Thanks again, and enjoy the message. What's up, City Place? Pastor Damon, and on behalf of my wife, Taisha, we welcome you today to City Place Church Online. To all of you, no matter where you're watching, welcome to the City Place family. Now listen, right out the gate, I'm gonna tell you, make sure you share today's service. Come on, right now, I'm pausing. Share today's service, come on, to your family, to your friends, host a watch party, whatever it may be. But we wanna make sure that everyone leans in level 10 today. That means that we move to distractions, we engage in today's service and we take notes. And you can find today's message notes online at cityplacechurch.com backslash notes. Today we are continuing our series Breakthrough and I want your expectation to be really, really high. Let me just say our Saturday morning prayer time has been so focused on the presence of the Lord and just leaning in. And so shout out to everyone that's been praying with us uh, yesterday and the previous Saturdays during our 21 days of prayer. So again, welcome to City Place Church Online. If you're new for the very first time, we welcome you this morning. And if you've been hanging out for any length of time, we welcome you back. We just believe that today, God wants to say something. And so I'm gonna step aside here soon, but I just want your heart to be prepared to enter into the presence of the Lord, and then we'll jump into God's word. And then we'll all have an opportunity to worship the Lord with our tithe and our offering. We just believe that God has called our church to be a radically generous church. One of our core values is we live to give. And so at some point in the service, the Holy Spirit is gonna impromptu on your heart to take a step of faith and to worship with your tithe and your offering. And so uh, we just want you to make, you know, be made aware of every aspect of how we worship here at City Place Church. Well, I'm gonna pray and I want you to get ready to lean in level 10 to worship, but also download those message notes, get ready for what God wants to say to you. Father, we love you today. We welcome you here today. Father, if we don't have you, if we don't have your presence, then we're just standing here and we're just doing a religious routine. But right where everyone is, God, whether they are watching in their home or maybe they're uh, driving and they're listening, whatever it may be, uh, or maybe they're listening to this later on YouTube or Facebook. Father, we just pray that the tangible presence of the Lord invades their space and that there is breakthrough, that sudden, impactful, dramatic moment that brings about an important discovery of who you are. So Father, we give you the glory and we give you the honor for all that you're gonna say and all that you will do with full expectation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, City Place Church. Come on, City Place Church. Don't forget now, you have got to sign up for a city group. I was talking to my wife and she was saying that sisterhood groups are already in motion. Man Cave is already moving forward. Don't forget you can sign up for student groups, young adults groups, something for every single person. So make sure you do that. You can go to cityplacechurch.com and you can find all of the information there for our city groups. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to read a story. We're going to talk about it. And then we're going to jump into God's word with just some thoughts. I'm going to start today. And then my, my goal is to be able to finish next Sunday on this thought, but we've been in a series called Breakthrough, and we said that breakthrough is literally the sudden, dramatic impact moment where there is an important discovery of who God is, and we said that breakthrough is a byproduct of our inherited freedom in Christ, and so today we want to continue on. We started off with breakthrough to get us started as a foundation, and then last week we said before there can be a breakthrough in it, God wants to break through in us, like him building us and him causing us to be strong in him and carry his purpose is more important than the tangible things that we may ask for or put on our list. We, we want to have that important discovery of who God is so that we realize that breakthrough is just a part of the freedom that God has already given us. And this morning, uh, I want to jump into one of the places of burden that we talked about last week. We talked about David and how David was found in a cave. And we said that one of the ways that God might want to break through in us 
was in our mindset. And this morning, I just wanted to dive in and just wanted to just kind of lean in on this topic and this thought. It's not really a perfect topic, but I just thought a, a breakthrough in my mind, like a, a breakthrough in my, in my mind. And I wanted to just start off with this, this question and uh, to just think about this for a second. And I want you to answer it. I want you to answer it. Okay. Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We invite you into this moment where we jump into your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that everything that you put on the inside of me comes out with clarity, precision, and power, and that as the word of God is going forth, there are breakthrough moments in us. And as a result, there'll be a breakthrough moment in the thing that we've been believing you for. Receive the glory in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. A breakthrough in my mind. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter There's a familiar passage of scripture that I have preached from. There is a story about a prophet by the name of Elijah that we'll talk about here today. And one of the times that uh, we used this text was to talk about watch where we sit be careful where we sit because the enemy tries to capitalize on where we might be in a certain moment of life. And this morning, I want to use this scripture again, not to re-preach a message, but to lean into this thought of a breakthrough in my, in my mind. And so let's jump in. Verse one, it's, it's, it, I'm going to read a little bit. So just kind of sit back and imagine as if it was James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman reading it to you. But this morning, let's jump in. Verse one, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so that the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow this time. And when he saw that, Elijah arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. And he said this, it is enough. Have you ever said it's enough? I'm tired of it. Well, so did Elijah. He said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. For I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. Remember we said breakthrough is that sudden impactful moment. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. Your purpose and your destiny is too much for you. And he arose and ate. And then he went in, and there he went into a cave, spent the night there in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been zealous, very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left. And then they seek to take my life. And then he said, go out from where you are. Stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the, the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, a great earthquake, and the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. This morning, we are talking about a breakthrough in my mind. A breakthrough in my mind. And the question we led off with was, are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? When we jump into 1 Kings chapter 19, 
to give you context, Elijah is a bad dude. Like he is a strong man of God. He is saying what God wants him to say. He is seeing what God wants him to see. And he is dealing with situations where the enemy has tried to take over. And he stepped in and literally said, that is not God's design. And the Bible says that as he is ministering and he is representing God the Father, because of the impact that he is making against the adversarial kingdom, Jezebel says, we need to distract him. And he needs to be threatened like he's never been threatened before. And she says, listen, if, if I don't kill you by this time tomorrow, then the dogs can eat me. And it says this, that in seeing this, he was hearing it, y'all, but he could see it playing out in his mind. In seeing this, but it was actually being said to him, y'all, he said, in seeing this, he fled. He took a servant with him, told his servant to stay here. I am going to isolate myself with my thoughts. And it says that he ended up under a broom tree. And there he told the Lord, take my life. Elijah's thoughts a few days earlier was on the power of God falling and showing how dominant God is. And then when the enemy brings a threat towards him, the direction of his thoughts led him to a place where he said, God, I've had enough. Have you ever been in a place where you have said, God, I have had enough. If you haven't gotten to that place, trust me, there are moments in our life where we will get to the place where we are just tired of being tired or we're tired of walking through the same situation or we're tired of something coming at us that seems like it can overtake us. We're just tired most of the time because we haven't been refreshed. And the Bible says that Elijah looks at God and says, enough is enough. Last week we said this, and I'm going to repeat it again. Most of life's battles are won or lost in our mind. Most of life's battles are won and lost in our mind. Elijah was a prophet of God when he claimed and, and he said, God, I need this to happen. Boom, it happened. When the prophets started rising up, he said, I'll take them all by myself. That will happen. He literally could say what God wanted to say. But then in a moment's time, the thoughts of his life told him that it was better for his life to end than for him to experience breakthrough. But see, God in his infinite power and infinite wisdom doesn't allow Elijah to sit where he was. The Bible says, and suddenly, listen now, he utters the thoughts that's on his mind, that's in his heart, and God immediately says, oh, nope, 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 nope. Elijah's carrying my purpose and my destiny. He needs a breakthrough in his mind. And it says, and an angel of the Lord suddenly showed up and said, Elijah, Elijah, go take a rest. See, even Elijah needed a breakthrough moment. See, before Elijah could do anything else for God and before he could do a breakthrough in anything else, there was a breakthrough that was required in him. And for him, he needed a breakthrough in his mind. He was high one day and the next minute he was low. See, most of life's battles are won and lost in your mind. Elijah was strong in God, but yet his mind was attacked and his mind began to play tricks on him. I wrote this down and you can write this down. My thoughts can remain in a constant state of battle. Battle between faith, battle between fear, battle between trusting God or me wanting to be in control. Have you ever been there? 
God, I trust you, but I know I, I can handle this. There's this battle between confidence in what God has called me or God called you to do. And then there's this battle between my insecurities and your insecurities that sometimes can paralyze you. God, I'm not good enough. God, I'm not qualified. God, they're so much more prepared than I am. Just this constant battle, and it's all taking place here. There's the constant battle between God's truth and the enemy's lies. Write this down. Truth is literally the word of the Lord that you adopt. It's the word of the Lord that you grab hold of. Jesus said, I am the way. When you grab hold of Jesus, you grab hold of the full truth. But then there's the lie of the enemy, which is a word spoken by the enemy that you and I adopt that's false about God, others, and yourself. So there's the battle between the truth and lies happening in your mind. There's the battle between breakthrough and strongholds. Breakthrough being the sudden dramatic impact that gives us an important discovery of God and strongholds being the unhealthy mindset that separates us from living the life that we were created to live. There's this constant battle that remains in our thoughts. Breakthrough, breakthrough, we said this earlier, breakthrough is the byproduct of our inherited freedom in Christ. The angel says, get up. You've already been brought to a place where God has empowered you. And you're sitting here by yourself pushing people away is not what God's designed you to do. You have been free. You have been called. And I refuse for you to sit there. You are free. And breakthrough is yours. So Elijah, get up. You need a breakthrough in your mind. We have been set free from all aspects of darkness. But yet there is a spiritual battle taking place in our mind. Remember last week, if, you, if this is your first time here, we talked about some things when we looked at the life of David. Because the Bible says that David had just defeated a, 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 a Goliath giant. And it says that Saul got jealous and started chasing David. And in 1 Samuel 22, we find David after he went acting like a madman hiding in a cave. The Bible says that there were people who were dis distressed, depressed and in debt. And he became the king of them. And he found himself going through this mental anguish. And we pulled a couple of things out. And the first thing that we said that God wants to break through in us is our spiritual awareness that literally we are in a spiritual battle. We said it like this. We said all things begin and end in the spirit. Thus, knowing that we have to war in the spirit, like breakthrough happens when we win the war in the spirit. And so we have to realize that we are in a spiritual battle. There is an enemy that literally is after you. We are in a spiritual battle. I realized when I was reading scripture that there were a number of people who went through this spiritual battle in their mind. Saul's thoughts after he was anointed king was one of jealousy, was one of uh, one in which he wanted to kill David and he would want to kill priests. Abraham lived in fear when he was married to Sarai at the time, so much so that he said, this is not my wife. This is my 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 my, my kinfolk. This is this is my sister. And he lived in fear because something could potentially happen to her. And so he lived in fear. Cain was jealous of 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 of, of his brother Abel because God accepted his his sacrifice. And so therefore he thought of jealousy and decided he wanted to kill his brother. He had this whole battle in his mind between being accepted and being loved like Adam and Eve had this battle between what God showed them and what they were curious about that they could hear the voice of the enemy talking about. So they decided that they would rather choose and eat the apple versus trust God and eat the fruit that he had already given them permission to eat. So there's like this curiosity thing that was happening. Judas, Judas was walking with Jesus, but his mindset told him that it was better to go after something in the natural and betray Jesus's friendship and lordship. And so therefore he decided that the battle of his mind caused him to want to betray Jesus. David, David's mindset told him that because he was the king when he was getting older in his life, that 
anything that he saw he could have. And so David's mindset told him in this battle in his mind told him that the woman who was bathing on top of a rooftop that wasn't his wife, it was good enough for him to actually literally go get her, force her into his home, put her husband on the front line, sleep with her, kill her husband, and then make her his wife. He, he had this constant battle in his mind, like there was this constant subtle attack of the enemy. And then we find Elijah hiding from Jezebel, and it all started with a message that impacted his mind. Can I say this boldly? Can I say this boldly? Spiritual warfare is real. Spiritual warfare is real. Spiritual warfare is real. That means that there is literally this atmosphere in the heavens and, and flowing around us where literally the attack of the enemy is coming at you. I said this last week. If you've grabbed hold of the purpose and plan of God for your life and you say, God, I am going to chase after all that you call me to and I am going to run at the gates of hell to make sure that heaven is full and, 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 and the attack of the enemy doesn't hit those around me or my community, you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Spiritual warfare is real and the enemy will do whatever he can to shut you down because he doesn't want God's purpose and plan to succeed. I was looking up some stats as it relates to, to mental health, and this is just a foundation. I am not, I am not a, a, a doctor, but I just looked up some practical stats, and it says that one in five U.S. adults experience mental illness each year. One in five. One in 20 experience serious mental illness each year. So we have one in 20 adults will experience serious mental illness. One in five will experience some form of mental illness. One in six youth aged six to 17 will experience a mental disorder every year. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people 10 to 34 years old, there is a constant spiritual battle happening in our minds. Therefore, we need to see a breakthrough in my mind. The enemy will constantly throw things at your mind. The Mayo Clinic said literally that there are mental health disorders and it's not just the extreme cases that you and I might think about. Mood disorders, things like discouragement, a negative view of a situation, being burnt out, anxiety, worry, fear, uncontrolled thoughts are all part of what people would call a mental health situation. It's not just going through scripture and finding the demon-possessed person that threw himself in the fire, the extreme case. No, it's the, God, I've had enough. I'm tired. I'm worn out. God, I'm anxious about this. God, I'm fearful about that. That's breakthrough that's required in our mind, the confidence that you are doing a good job as a parent, the confidence that you are doing a good job as a spouse, as a teacher, on your job, whatever it may be. It's the pushback against the insecurity, the anxiety, the fear, the worry, or how you may view yourself. See, spiritual warfare is real. And knowing that, you and I have a real spiritual enemy. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour but you resist him standing firm in the faith. Listen, the attack of the enemy is real. The spiritual forces of darkness, demons are real. I don't mean to get real like spooky if you've never heard this, but listen, spiritual warfare is real. When you look at the word devil and demons, it literally means a spirit, a being inferior to God. Inferior 
to God. Messengers of the devil, those prone to slander, slanderous, accusing falsely, a slanderer, those who are opposed to the cause of God. The enemy will use whatever it may be. Elijah, I'm going to kill you by tomorrow. He will use whatever it takes. Because your mind can be a constant battlefield. So what does our enemy do? Knowing that there's a spiritual battle taking place, we find it in 1 Kings chapter 19. Our spiritual enemy wants to try to shape your thoughts one thought at a time. Your enemy wants to shape your thinking one thought at a time. By this time tomorrow, I will kill you. And if I don't, the dogs will eat me. But one thing for sure, by this time tomorrow, when you get this message, here's the picture that I'm painting. It's going down just like this. One thought at a time, the enemy will lie to you. John 8, says, listen, he is the father of lies. He is the slanderer. He is the opposing one. He is inferior to God, but yet stronger than you and I can fight on our own. He accuses you of things that have no accuracy for what God has declared to you. He's coming for your mind. He's coming for your mind. He also, listen, watch this. He also wants spiritual and men mental influence over you. He wants literally, so literally he comes and he tries to frame your thinking one thought at a time. Why? Because he wants to have that spiritual and mental influence over you. Oh, by this time, tomorrow, I'm coming after you. See, he issues the threat so that we can decrease our intensity for what God has called us to do, for the faith that we're believing God for, for the breakthrough expectation to it we have declared, for declaring that this is the year that God would do it. He'll send all sorts of things to begin to play with our mind so that we can be influenced not by the promises of God, but by his lying voice spiritually and practically. And my mental situation begins to say, faith, fear, breakthrough, stronghold, truth, lies, constant battlefield. A real enemy who's trying to influence you spiritually and mentally. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says this. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Watch this. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no lo longer. He's like, listen, don't give the enemy any spiritual influence based on a response that's not aligned with the Father. Don't open up a door for the enemy to come in and impact your thoughts. Elijah, get up from there. Don't you dare sit down under a broom tree. When you look up the word broom tree, the Bible says that the broom tree was literally like a last resort where people who didn't have anything, they would go to the broom tree, they would pull up its roots, and they would find them something to eat. It was like a place where if you didn't have anything else, it was the worst place you could go and you would pull up something to eat when you look up the broom tree. He had found himself a place to where he could wallow. And the angel says, get up from there. Don't you dare give any sort of power or authority to the voice of the spirit. That is a lie. They will not take you out. Get up and go get something spiritually to eat. We cannot allow the enemy one spot. Why? I found a couple of reasons why. First reason why 
First reason why we have to make sure that the enemy doesn't get our spiritual influence. And, 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 we, and we make sure that we guard our heart and our mind. The first reason is because God formed you in his image with power and authority to advance his kingdom agenda. God formed you in his image with power and authority to advance his kingdom agenda. That's the reason why the enemy wants to come after you and he tries to shame your thinking. And I'm sorry, shape your thinking. That's the reason why he wants to try to spiritually and mentally influence you because God formed you in his image, Genesis, and he gave you his power and authority so that you can walk out his kingdom agenda, his purpose, his plan. Remember, his God dream for you. Let me prove it. Jeremiah 31 verse 33 says this, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel all the days, says the Lord. I will put my law, watch now, in their minds. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Literally, God says, I'm going to put my standard of living, my promise of blessing, my vision for their life and spiritual conviction in their mind and in their heart. And the enemy says, I'm going to toy with their mind to question, with who, to question who they are, what he said, challenge his standards and create them second guessing. God literally says, I will write in your heart, I will write in your mind all that I see for you, all of the standard of living and the care and the promise of blessing. I will put it in your mind so that you're constantly thinking of what, I'm, of what I'm able to do, of the doors that I want to open, of how I want to use you so that you're never sitting in a place where you go, that's good enough. You should watch that series on YouTube. Check me out. Boom, boom, boom. Check out that series too. Listen, you have to know that God, God, didn't design you to live in a place where the enemy controls your mind. God literally says, I'll handle, I'll handle what your mind should be thinking about. Whereas the enemy says, I'm going to toy with it so that you can second guess what God promised you. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I wrote this personally right here. Just listen to this. If God wants to keep me and you in perfect peace, then the enemy wants to distract, misguide, cause chaos, and keep you worried. Literally, God has surrounded our mental capacity, our mental strength, and literally says, I will put everything in you so that you can think the way I think. I will put it in your heart, so your heart won't be discouraged because you're thinking the way I think. Then in Isaiah it says that God will keep you in perfect peace as you keep your mind stayed on him. Your mind and my mind has to stay on what God has already said about me. Nothing less than what he said. Matthew chapter 22 verse 37 says this. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, Jesus made it clear. He said, listen, every ounce of you is going to require you to love God fully. Your heart, your soul, and your mind. See, the enemy knows that if he can attack your mind, that then you're going to be in a battlefield. God, my faith, fear, my truth, and the lies. Oh, attention. See, he challenges your mind because it's where Jesus said you got to love God with everything you got. So if I can hit them in their mind, they might, they might doubt God a little bit. If I can hit them in their thought process, they may not believe he can do it. If I can hit them in what God has already said, they're going to begin to second guess. If I can hit them with, against truth with lies, they're going to they're start believing the voice of other voices and start doubting whether he's real. They're going to start doubting whether he's the only way, and they're going to start adding things into, into what God never designed. So he starts battling the mind. And the Bible says that Elijah is sitting there, and the angel says, get up. You are made in God's image. You carry his authority. You carry his power. It does not end here. God is giving you a sudden, dramatic 
discovery that he will not allow you to sit there. There is going to be Elijah, a breakthrough in your mind. See, I realize that the enemy comes at you with trying to shape your thoughts, trying to influence you mentally and spiritually because God formed you in his image. You have power, you have authority, but also because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. If I'm in perfect peace and my mind is stayed on him and what he's declared, then realizing that, remember going back now that I'm in a spiritual battle, he's gonna attack me where God says that he's gonna give me what he sees about me. Our minds are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The heart is where God promised that he would write the standard on your heart. So here, really, really quick, really, really quick. I'm putting it up on the screen. I'm putting it up on the screen. A thought audit, a thought audit. Remember, I asked you earlier, are you excited about the direction of your thoughts? So really, really quick, really, really quick, really, really quick. I want you to take this really, really quick. Let's just take a look at this. Take a look at this. On a scale of one to 10, on your worried and peaceful, your negative and your positive, your worldly thoughts and your eternal thoughts, where do you land? Where do you land? On a scale of one to 10, being worried about your future, your kids, your health, or being peaceful in God's promises that, no, God, you've, you've got this. You're in control. Or what about my negative thoughts? You're critical of people. You're finding fault. You're discontent. You're, you're too busy. With positive being, I believe the best about everybody. Life is going to be good. I'm excited about my future. And then worldly, just being my mind is consumed with life. I, I, I got to chase the next thing. I got to be liked by people or the internal impact. God, this is all about your dream for me. This is all about reaching people for you. Where's your thought audit right now? The reason why I ask is because no matter what you do, no matter where you are, no matter what you pursue, you cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. You can't have a positive life when you have a negative mind. As we wrap up, I just want to give you just a couple of things I believe that jumps out when you read the rest of 1 Kings chapter 19, and we'll talk about this a little bit next week as well. There has to be some things that position you and I for breakthrough in our mind. And I'm going to give you three. Are you ready? When you look at Elijah sitting down on the ground, and when you read the rest of 1 Kings chapter 19, there's this conversation and there's this dialogue. And in verse 9, the angel asks this question. He says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah begins to have this conversation. He says, I'm zealous, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the only one. And I wrote this down that sometimes you and I, well, let's just say all the time, if we're going to be positioned for breakthrough in our mind, we have to cultivate the power of honest prayer. We have to cultivate the power of honest prayer because it helps us identify out loud the biggest stronghold in our mind, the biggest thing that's holding us back. Elijah what are you doing here? And Elijah doesn't hold back. He begins to say, this is what's going on. See, during these 21 days of prayer, we've been seeking the Lord every single day. Hopefully you've been following on social media or you've downloaded the journal to be able to pray, but we've had a daily focus because we've just saying, God, in our city, we need this. God, in our family, we need this. God, in our community, we need this. And we just have been honest with our prayer. And you and I have to cultivate this honesty 
in our prayer time with God to where we are so transparent with God, this is where I am. The enemy's causing this constant battle in my mind and he's trying to, he's trying to take away my confidence in how you created me. He's trying to take away in me being led by the strongest thoughts that you give me. So God, I'm going to pray an honest prayer. I'm going to pray an honest prayer. There's this conversation that Paul has to the Romans, and he says it like this in verse tw uh, chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service, being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. I can see Paul praying that prayer in private so that it can have a public result. I wrote this down. Prayer doesn't just move the heart of God. It also changes our thought process. It's a powerful way for our thoughts to be transformed one thought at a time. Cultivating those honest prayers. So let me give you an example of cultivating an honest prayer. And then next week, we'll jump into the last two thoughts. This week for our homework, I'm going to encourage you to pray some honest prayers. So let's pull back some of the, 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 the scriptures that I read to you a little bit earlier. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So when we talk about cultivating like these bold, honest prayers, sometimes you and I may not have the words to say. One of the most powerful things, write this down, in cultivating an honest prayer is literally praying scripture back to God. So I identify, God, there's this battle in my mind right now. My anxiety is high. I, I shared earlier that literally in the first 21 days of prayer and fasting of the year, I literally wrote down for myself that I wanted God to break the back of anxiety and worry that I've had as a pastor. I literally put it on my list and I've noticed how this year when there's been attacks of what's been trying to hit me with anxiety and worry, I literally have taken it back to God. Like, God, you promised that this is a, the year that you do it and it's, I'm not dealing with it. You deal with it. See, there, we all have those moments, but what I found to be powerful is literally praying back to God, literally the honest prayers that are already found in Scripture. So here's an example. You ready? Father, you said in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, you said that you will keep me in perfect peace as my mind is stayed on you because I trust in you. So I identify my breakthrough place. But then I pray an honest prayer in God's word. Are you with me? So God, I've got this situation. You ask me, what am I doing here? Here's what it is. And God, in your word, you declared in Jeremiah 31, 33, that the covenant that you've made is that you will put your law, your standards in my mind and you will write them on my heart and you will be my God and I will be your people. See, we cultivate honest prayers by one, telling God this is where we are, but two, praying scripture back to him. Let me give you the last two and then we'll touch on these next week because I told you I'd give you three. Number two is cultivating the power of honest speech. And number three is cultivating the power of honest sharing. We'll jump into those next week. Cultivating honest prayer. This morning, my prayer is that you and I will see a breakthrough in our mind. Next week, my hope is to have a special guest with us to talk about cultivating the, the power of, of speech, of honest speech, and the power of honest sharing and talking it out. And just kind of getting even more practical today, I wanted to just kind of get it started with it is a battle and the enemy doesn't want you to be all that God's called you to be. And I don't know if you've been walking through some things where the enemy's been testing your mind. And I'm not just talking about the serious mental health things that, that we know exist. I'm talking about every bit 
of the attacks that the enemy can bring to your mind. God cares about the big, and God cares about what you might feel is minor. One thing for sure is God has given you his power, he's given you his authority. And God has literally said, I'll write the standard, I'll put my thoughts of what I'm thinking in you. And this morning, I just wanna pray for two groups of people. One, if you've been dealing with some mental health issues, I wanna pray for you. Right where you are, I'm gonna pray for you right now. And the second group of people, I wanna pray for you, for those of you who haven't even walked in a relationship with Jesus yet. This morning, I wanna encourage you to allow Jesus an opportunity to be the Lord of your life and for you to have this sudden, impactful moment of who he is. So right where you are, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray with you. Let me pray for the first group of people. Father God, I just pray for every single person under the sound of my voice where the enemy's been attacking their mind, whether it's anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, anger. God, whether it's the, the what could happen here or what could happen there, depression, suicidal thoughts. God, we break them all. God, we just declare that you are so much stronger, you're so much powerful. God, your word actually declares that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Father, your word, we read it earlier, said that if we resist the devil, he must flee. So this morning, I just invoke the name of Jesus, and I just thank you for that sudden breakthrough. Lord God, the same way you gave to Elijah when he wanted to throw in the towel, and you caused him to get up. Father, I just thank you for breakthrough in their mind. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remember I said there's two groups of people. You walked in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. I'm praying for you as well. On the count of three, you say, Damon, that's me. I'm going to say a simple prayer and I just want you to pray after me. Are you ready? Damon, I want to meet Jesus for the very first time on here we go. Come on, let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, today I acknowledge that I need you. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead for me. And on this day, I give you my life. I choose to accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place Church, can you make some noise for those that said yes to Jesus? Come on, can you make some noise for those that said yes to Jesus. Well done on the decision that you made. Today, literally, literally, people have experienced breakthrough in their mind and breakthrough in their newly found relationship with Jesus. Here is a clear next step. For those of you who said yes to Jesus, we want you to let us know the decision that you made today. We want you to know that we've got a group of people coming around you that wants to cheer you on. And so if you will, complete our virtual connect card at cityplacechurch.com backslash card, or you can text cityplace to 94000. We would love to send you a, a next steps, uh, information and a gift for the decision that you made. And if you said yes, Pastor Damon, uh, my mind has been going here and there. Would you fill out a virtual connect card as well so that we can stay in prayer? We've got some additional resources that we would love to send you as well that will continue to help strengthen our faith and our walk in the Lord. Next Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to be talking about when we jump into the power of our speech, we're going to be talking about declaration. And then we're going to be talking about talking it out, talking in our small groups like we encouraged you earlier to be a part of and to sign up, but also talking to to, to, to some mental health counselors and talking to some, some, some the, the, you know, pastors that, and, and some people that can really speak life, but also equip us to make sure that we live in breakthrough. Look, I'm already heading into next week, but we're going to jump right back into to Elijah's story just to pull out some more things. But breakthrough in my mind. Breakthrough in my mind. Well, right now, we're going to get ready to worship God with our giving. It's always an honor to be able to, to be generous and to live, to give, and to partner together for the work of the kingdom of God. So many things that we have vision for. You always hear us talking about uh, our future campus. We all do that together. 
our tithe and our offering begins to position us to be able to become a pillar in our city. And I know that you're dreaming with us about what God is going to do in our city, but we're also being very impactful in our giving locally, as well as throughout the world. I posted uh, online this week uh, on, on my social media that uh, 964 churches have been planted through ARC, the Association of Related Churches. And that means that since City Place has been um, launched, since we launched our church five years ago and we began to reinvest some of the same dollars that they invested in our church to be planted, we've seen and we've helped plant over 300 life-giving churches throughout the United States and the world. And listen, every time we give and someone's life is impacted, when you get to heaven, you're gonna be surprised by when God comes to you and says, thank you for all that you did in Asia. Thank you for what you did in Canada. Thank you for what you did in Nebraska. And you can say, what did I do? You can say, every time City Place gave, I just want you to know that someone met Jesus for the very first time. So well done, City Place, on trusting God with your kingdom finances. Let me pray, and then you have a great week, and then we invite you back to sign up for a city group. You don't want to miss it. You can find all the information online and join us again for 21 days of prayer happening this Saturday at 9 a.m. Father, we love you today. We thank you that we get to worship you with our giving. God, there is nothing like celebrating people who encounter you today. So first and foremost, we honor you for the lives that were changed today and those that accepted you. And now, God, Receive our tithe, receive our offering, allow City Place to continue to represent you in our city and around the world as we impact the kingdom of God. We give you the glory and the honor, bless our week, and thank you for breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, City Place, we love you. Have a great week in Jesus. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's episode, and we have one final challenge for you. Take something that you've learned today or something that stuck out to you and share it with a friend or a loved one. Spread a little of what I like to call that wisdom wealth with someone else. Wherever you are, I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day.